welcome to the Flight Thief Podcast, where we talk about budget travel. I'm Rachel Meyer, your host and founder of Flight Thief, a community focused on making travel accessible. I share cheap flights each week so that you can take the trip of your dreams without ruining your budget. I'm so glad you're here. Welcome to episode six, the fourth in our series on travel journaling. Even though this episode starts out talking about travel journaling, Sarah and I spend much more time talking about the value of remembering the miserable parts about traveling. We also make a few references to type two fun. And before we got into it, I wanted to explain what that is just in case you haven't heard that term before. In short, there are three types of fun. Type one is fun while you're doing it and it's fun after to remember. Type two is not always fun while you're doing it, but it's fun after the fact. And this is the type that we talk about. Type three, I don't know if this is really considered fun or not, but it's not fun during and it's not fun after. One more thing before we get into the episode, I wanted to give a shout out to the sponsor of this episode, Rad Dad Carpet Cleaning. If your home is anything like mine, it might be a little extra dirty from spending so much time inside. If you're looking for someone to deep clean your carpets, be sure to check out Rad Dad Carpet Cleaning. Not only does getting your carpets clean make your house look amazing, it also removes pesky bacteria and viruses. Rad Dad Carpet Cleaning's low moisture technique uses less water and less cleaning solution, making it better for the environment and because your carpets won't be soaked, they dry in only an hour. Their website is included in the description of this episode. Be sure to schedule your carpet cleaning today. And with that, let's get into the episode. Yeah. Um, so I'm Sarah. I, um, oh man, I have wanted to travel my whole, whole life and I've been camping and backpacking for a long time. And then, um, I mean, traveling internationally is just a little bit more expensive. So um, we just choose our trips really wisely and like go to places that are cheap once you get there. Mm-hmm. Uh, my friend and I took a trip um, right after we graduated college in 2015 and we backpacked around um, Banff National Park and then dropped down into Glacier and did a week in Glacier. And then that same year, we went to Thailand for a couple of weeks. Then I did like a bunch of other camping and backpacking trips. Didn't journal for any of them. Um, didn't have any, like I I had a notebook where I love the logistics of trips. I love planning them. And my friend is the opposite. She will just go on a whim and doesn't plan anything. I, I really like structure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like I really love planning out every little detail maybe not every detail but like backpacking trips I have like color-coded maps and it gets a little bit nonsensical but I love the logistics of a trip then I you know like it was a few years later I think and one of my I'm terrified of getting Alzheimer's like terrified it runs in my family and I'm just super terrified of it and I was like I'm gonna get old and not remember anything I've ever done and maybe if I just like write down all these cool trips I've taken, it will like bring me some joy to have somebody sit there and like read me these cool <laughs> things that I did once upon a time. <laughs> so that's why I started journaling all my trips and like keeping track of just like the logistics. Like if I wanted to repeat a trip or one day when I get like super old, like maybe I'll just remember <laughs> my trip. That's a, it's really good though. Someone needs to be that logistical person, especially on a backpacking trip where, 
um, you're in the wilderness and it's not like you're going to come across a 7-Eleven. No, exactly. So we like, we compliment each other when we travel. She keeps it a little bit um, looser, a little bit like, Sarah, we can just be here and be a little more spontaneous. <laughs> I'm like, okay, but we have a flight to make it three. You know? mm-hmm. So it works out. And um, she's really fun to travel with. I love traveling with her. Um, yeah. And my boyfriend, the same way, like way more just like, oh, let's just drive around and see what we find. And I'm like, well, here's the eight maps we probably need. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious, what type of logistics do you record? Is it like how far between water or how much food do you think you need, elevation, things like that? Yeah, I'll like plan out like long lists of what we're going to cook like per day. Mm. Um, That's fun. And like what we think we need per day. Yeah. Um, And then mostly just with backpacking, we don't do it so much with like car camping anymore because you just you're closer to stuff and you don't need as many snacks. Yeah. So I don't usually, I don't typically do water, but I'll have like a map and I'll kind of like trace out like our intended route and I will get all of the permits for camp spots. If we're going somewhere popular or I just, I know the mileage. I know how far we're supposed to go. Um, Have you found any fun stories or anything that you have recorded that you would have otherwise forgotten? Uh, I was actually looking through my journals today and I like looked back through my Nepal trip and I was like, oh man, I forgot how miserable I was that day. (laughs) Like, oh man, I forgot exactly how just like awesome that one particular moment was. I like, I mean, you know how it goes. Like some days when you're traveling, you're just like, oh, I am sick. I do not feel good. We've backpacked so far. I'm just I'm not having a good day out here. And then other days you're like, oh, this is the best day of my life. I just want this day on repeat for forever. Definitely as time goes on, I like forget how miserable I was. I'm like, oh yeah, let's go back and do that trip exactly the same. It was perfect. (laughs) The whole thing was great. And so I was looking back at my Nepal trip today and I was like, oh yeah, I forgot just how scary that was. I've had totally similar experiences. I've been looking through, I have my stack of journals like next to me right now uh, oh, for nice. inspiration for these. Here's, here's mine. Um, That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's been pretty fun to look back, but um, yeah, I also, I'm curious about your trip to Nepal because I also read through, um, this was only last year and I actually yeah. still, I still do remember how miserable I was at different moments, but, um, you know, I may not remember in a few years or I was reading some other, um, things that I had totally forgotten. So where did you go in Nepal and tell me about what you did? So we did the three passes trek. Um, so we were trekking, um, for like 22 days Mm -hmm. and, um, we, we actually ended up extending our trek. So we took this locals bus from Kathmandu to Jiri and then transferred to, um, a bus to, um, Shibala. And I think that's how you say it. I forget. But anyways, so then we started our trek there, which added like six days into Lukla, where most people fly in. And then from Lukla, we trekked for 16 more days, I think. Yeah. So you go from Lukla 
up to Namche and then mm-hmm. up to Gorak Shep and you do Everspace Camp or we did. You don't have to. There are some people who didn't. And I was like, you're so close. You're like two hours. Away. Why would you not go see? That? Yeah. Like that's the best view of Everest you're going to get. That part of the trail was not very fun, but you got to do it. Exactly. (laughs) Like that last town or the, I don't remember the last town before Gorak Shep. Yeah. And then you get to Gorak Shep and nobody slept. None of us slept very well. It was freaking cold. And then. (laughs) Oh, here, here, man. You're bringing me right back. (laughs) (laughs) I think, oh, so it was just me and my friend who went, uh, who flew over there. And then we met a bunch of people over there. Um, who we ended up trekking with for a while. And I think it was the three of us, the three girls, we got a room together and we pushed all the beds together. And then we piled all three comforters on top of us and we were all sleeping in our sleeping bags. And we were still cold. Like it was still freezing cold. Oh man, but you're so close. Like, why would you not go to base camp? Right. And somehow, so someone told me about the, um, the term type two fun. Uh, I oh, don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you heard about this? I oh, feel yeah. like people who enjoy things like this, it's totally type two fun. It, it might be miserable at certain moments, but then overall it's so worth it and it's so fun, but it doesn't mean that there are not terrible, terrible times. <gasps> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so this was early on, but honestly, the worst day for me um, was after the day after Namche and I was so excited because you look at that trail and you're like, oh my gosh, this is so beautiful and it's going to be so flat and wonderful. And that's like, you know, you have to hike up, but like, it's still not horrible. I had the worst diarrhea of my entire life. And there were two times where I had to like go off the trail. The first time I was like somewhat covered. The next time everyone saw everything, I guarantee it. Um, I felt so bad. So yeah, was it, I can't remember if it's Ding Boucher that you get to um, that day. Or no, you don't get to Ding Boucher. It's a uh, Ting Boucher. It's all kind of a blur. That's why we have journals. Um, yeah, but I was, I was so grateful to, to get there. And then after the, that day, that was a terrible day, but then it was better. Oh, good. I'm glad you got better. <laughs> yeah. I think if we had not done the add-on like six days from, uh, Chivala to Lukla, it would have been so much worse. Um, just because the trek from Shibala to Lukla was awful. It was so hot and so humid. And there were leeches for like the first four days. And we had leeches in our boots, all over our legs. And I had never seen a leech before. Like I've grown up in the desert. I live in Utah now. There's no leeches here. I did not realize how bad they were. They were awful. We would like get to our hostels at night and we would just sit there and like pick leeches off our ankles for like 20 minutes. It's gross. Luckily, I did not encounter any leeches. There were, there was no leeches starting from Lukla. No, there are not. (laughs) Yeah, I think it was just like we got used to the food. And then mm-hmm. the trek from Shibala to Lukla is like up 
and then you drop back down to the river and then you go yeah up, and then you drop back down to the river every single day it was like so you I mean like by the time you hit Lukla and the days the hiking days are shorter it's just less miles it was there were still days where I was miserable but it was a lot less miserable than I was from um Shivala to to Lukla yeah, I so I only I did the shorter version, but I didn't think for the most part that the hiking wasn't bad. It really I didn't feel it's probably from just being used to some elevation. I grew up in Colorado as well, which was even a little bit higher than here in Salt Lake and um so I think that definitely helped, but I didn't I didn't feel anything until me neither. It was like the day after it was the day after Dingbuche and I can't remember what that city was either, the town that's between Dingbuche and Gorik Shep, but like on the way there I was like, "Oh, I'm not feeling quite right." Um like I feel okay, just kind of tired, so that's when I started taking the altitude medication and I'm glad that I didn't have to take that very long because made me feel very weird so I never ended up taking the altitude meds um I was fine my digestion got super weird for a minute there but the three girl or the two girls I was with and the couple of guys that uh were with us all ended up taking the altitude sickness meds and Fiona said it made her hands fall asleep and Leela said it felt like somebody was like sitting on her chest oh, and she couldn't sleep, like could not sleep at all, which is awful when you're already up there, like not really sleeping. Mm -hmm. And at one point we found this Frenchman who's hilarious and so antsy to like hike these 12 miles we had to do in two hours. He's like, we have to go faster. We have to go faster. No, thanks. Every single time. are like, go hike by yourself. Like, yeah. <laughs> but he... He, at one point, he was taking altitude meds, and he was like, I have to hire a horse. I have to hire a horse to take me back. I can't do it anymore. Mm. We were like, okay, they have oxygen here. Like, just wait out the night. You'll be okay. And so he ended up, like, waiting the night. But Yeah, maybe he was just going too fast and not acclimatizing. Yeah. I, yeah, I, a similar thing where my like hands and legs would fall asleep. And I feel like I'm just like TMI this uh, conversation, but it was especially bad when I would like sit down to go to the bathroom. As soon as I would sit down and like start doing what I need to do, there would be like this weird rush into my legs. Anyway, it was, and then afterward, like they were, they would get all like tingly and then it wouldn't, they wouldn't be untingly um, for maybe a half hour after I started walking. So that is awful. So luckily I just had to take it like that, that day getting there. And then it was the, um, base camp day. And then I think I took it one more day as like the first descending, um, oh. where you sleep at Gorik Shep. And then that was yeah. it. And, but I, so that first, the day that I started taking it, I started to have less of an appetite, Yeah, which is not a normal thing for me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I, and I knew it wasn't normal because I was like, this is weird. I had saved this last pack of peanut M&Ms to have at the base camp. And I was like, this is so exciting. I'm going to have these peanut M&Ms. And then I didn't, I had like two M&Ms and I put them back in my bag and had no desire. So I was like, this is how I know. And it, my appetite really didn't come back until we were in Kathmandu. So uh, really? it took a while. Yeah. But 
we still still had a great time uh and yeah. it, like i just didn't feel hungry and i'd eat a few bites of something and that was it i definitely remember like losing my appetite not to that extent like i would yeah. still eat my whole meal but i my the friend that i went with had the opposite effect we started trekking she was like shedding weight she was like losing weight while we were walking so we would get to our tea house at night and she would order her food eat her food eat whatever i didn't eat and then like she would like take the pile of what everybody else didn't eat and like <laughs> smother it in ketchup and then just go to town it was disgusting but <laughs> she like <laughs> she was so like it she was so skinny by the end of it it was really actually kind of mm-hmm. concerning by the time we stopped trekking but yeah 20 something days too like you could you could you could shed a dangerous amount of weight in that time um but yeah her like her altitude meds had like totally the opposite effect she was starving all the time <laughs> <laughs> oh good times so um back to journaling do you usually journal when you are somewhere or do you kind of like catch up on after your trip no i take it with me yeah or i try i try to take it with me um if we're doing like a two night backpack or like a one night backpacking trip i won't because it's just like extra weight and you're going for two days so i'll mm-hmm. just it when i get back or like if i day hike i don't usually bring it if i have something like really exciting I like note in my phone and then I and then I write it down later um but on longer trips I take my journal with me and I in Nepal I was doing it every night I we'd like get mm-hmm. to our house and I'd take my book and my journal and go down to like that like living room area thing with the the, the stove and I'd like mm-hmm. my feet and I'd just like sit there and write about what happened yeah I also like I'm a person who needs a lot of not a lot, but I need alone time. And it's really hard to get alone time when you're traveling with the same person for a lot. (laughs) So it was just a way to like be by myself for a little bit and just like sit there and write every day. Yeah. I hadn't thought about that, but you're totally right. It is, it's good not only to be able to process the events of your time by yourself, but also it's a good excuse to be by yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Or if I was like, exactly. Yep. I think there was one day where I was like, if I don't leave these people, I'm going to kill them all. I'm so annoyed. I just need to be by myself for like six hours. So I like sat by the fire by myself and like wrote in my journal. And then I just sat there and like read a book totally alone by myself because this, this Frenchman that we found had the weirdest stories about like him and his friends and the partying they did in France. And they would like, hire these prostitutes to come hang out with them but not sleep with them just hang out with them and I was like I like by day five I was like I don't want to listen to this like I can't listen (laughs) like you are so absurd that I just need to be by myself in my own rational head for just a little bit and so I like went and sat and just like wrote my journal yeah I don't blame you and something that I didn't realize before since I've had a taken that similar trip is that you hike for the day and then there's a significant amount of the day where you're kind of just chilling. Yeah. Yeah. So journaling was a, is a great use of time. I actually did not journal that much while I was in Nepal. Really? Do you do, you do it after then? 
usually I do it after, like I'll make notes and, and I'll keep things along the way, but I'm not good about, um, I've only, I think only on one trip actually, have I actually written down as we went. Um, so that's one of the things, but I always, I always write it down after, but it is, and it is a little bit stressful because then I'm trying to catch up on everything um, sometimes, but it doesn't have to be that way. And that's one of the things that I want to communicate in the podcast is some people have taken these amazing trips and have not written anything down, but it's never too late. Like, yeah. you know, you could always write down some of your favorite moments from a trip or um, stories. I always feel I pressure myself into like having to remember as much from each day. Um, and sometimes that's great. And then it, sometimes I read back and I'm like, I don't really care about some of these details. Like <laughs> even if I would have just uh, done this a little more high level, it still would have been cool. Yeah. I think that's why I'm kind of a perfectionist and I'm definitely mm -hmm. a control freak. And I think that's why I'm like, I have to do it every single day. I need to know every single tiny event that happened. But you're right. Like, sometimes I look back at it and I'm like, why did I need to journal the fact that, like, I was super mad at this one guy who hiked with? Like, that is not important. Like, what did you see? Like, what did you, like, that was so much more important. Like, where was that? <laughs> you know, one day I'll look back and be like, oh, yeah, that crazy French kid I met. He was weird. You know, like I'll t I'll look back at that and appreciate it. But uh, the friend that I went to Nepal with, she would journal, but she would like write poetry about like kind of mm. what we saw, which I think is a super cool way of doing it. I'm not mm. that talented. I'm like, that's not something I'm good at. But so she like shared a few of those with me. And that was super cool to have too. Um, and just more of like the, the emotional perspective of what she got out of our day instead. Yeah, that that was her way of um, documenting our our trip, and that was that was kind of a cool way to do it too. That's awesome. I've never done anything like that. I have written a handful of limericks about things, which are like much sillier. Um, but yeah, I like that idea. And I know I just watched. Uh, I can't remember what it was, but it was like James May going to Japan or whatever, and he's like walking around the woods and he's writing haikus. Anyway. I might have to think about this. So other trips that you've um, journaled with or um, just what made you, it sounds like you didn't always journal about your trips. What made you want to start? I don't remember exactly what triggered it, but I just remember thinking at one point in time, like if I don't start writing this stuff down, I'm going to forget it. So I went out and I got a journal and I was like, okay, cool. This is what I'm going to, I'm going to start doing a like a travel journal so at first when I started journaling it was mostly traveling and now it is a lot more travel than anything else but I will still write in it just like occasionally um I was a wilderness therapy guide for a while um for like six months last or two summers ago and so I took it with me every week on trail and it was super nice to have a journal to kind of like try and process like what had happened with these teenagers that I was hanging out with because it's a, it's a hard job and it was nice to be able to like kind of write down my feelings and like look at it and be like okay you know like what can I take from this or even like just be like you know what this was a hard week it was crappy period and just like look at that, it was super nice to just be able to 
almost like vent or just like get it out on paper and then I could go back and do my job. And now I'm a, I'm a CNA. So I'm working at an assisted living facility and there are days where I'm like, that was just weird. That was a hard day. So I like, sometimes it's just nice to just like write it out and then you can just kind of leave it. You know, it's like, it's processed, it's done. We'll, we'll be good to go back tomorrow. <laughs> so The mm-hmm. other trip that I'm really glad I wrote down was our Grand Canyon trip. We did this trip at like Memorial Day on the North Rim of the Grand Canyon, which is supposedly supposed to be colder, longer, not colder at all. It was so hot. And like, I grew up backpacking the Grand Canyon. We lived right outside of the Grand Canyon in Arizona. And so like, I know what to expect when I go there. Um, I love the Grand Canyon. But I was looking back at that trip and I was like, holy cow, we were so miserable. Just like, it was only like, I think 80 degrees technically, but there's no shade and no water. And the heat just like bounces off these <laughs> red rocks back at you. And you just, we were all fried. And now looking back at like the pictures and like my journal entries, I was like, whoa, this was such a cool trip. We should totally do it again. And then you read it. And, wow, I forgot how miserable and like hot. And at one point I brought bacon jerky on that trip, which if you have not had bacon jerky is like the best. This is like bacon jerky, like saved us. It's like, you're sitting <laughs> under this one tiny rock that provided this small little patch of shade. And we were sitting under there eating bacon jerky. And we were like, all right, we're not going to die. We are going to live. We're going to make it to this waterfall. Like we're going to be okay. But oh man, I just like look back at that. I was like, oh yeah, I forgot kind of how bad that is. Because the pictures are super cool. And it's like this beautiful scenery. It's like these huge waterfalls in the desert. And that was like one of the coolest things. But you just forget how hard was. so anyways I feel like um what so when I put put that question on Instagram of okay so you don't you don't journal why not and a handful of people wrote back and said I don't keep a journal because uh Instagram is my journal I post pictures or things like that there and that's awesome and I do that too um but I feel like what you just said highlights the fact that it's pretty easy to forget how hot and miserable and everything else those moments were. And those probably are not on Instagram. Um, No. (laughs) So it's a, I think in my mind, it's a way of uh, genuinely recording those experiences and some of which you might not even want to share. I think it's unrealistic that you would want to share every detail. Maybe you wouldn't even want to record every detail. Um, But you know, I definitely didn't go into that much detail about my horrible diarrhea um, on social media, um, but it's definitely in my journal. So anyway. Yeah, exactly. I agree. I think, I think when we post on Instagram, it's so much, or at least when I do it, it's like, look how cool this trip was. Here's my awesome picture. I had a great time done which is true yeah oh yeah and because like you don't I mean like I'm not gonna be super open and vulnerable on Instagram and be like hey I put myself a lot this trip it's real gross you know like my belly was super upset you should go to Everest you know like (laughs) that's not what I'm gonna say because that was not the main 
Like that's not what I got out of that trip. Yeah, I think it. I think it brings a little bit of yeah, a little bit more realness, and it's easy to kind of have a silver or uh, rose-colored glasses about everything. And then if you were to do the experience again, it's like, oh, I don't remember these difficult moments. But if you could look back and say, okay, this is reasonable. Especially like you were saying with the type two fun. As you like distance yourself from those those days where you're like, I can't put my backpack on. Like, I don't want to put my backpack on. I don't want to put my boots on. I don't even want to be here. As you distance yourself from that, the only thing that comes back is, wow, I'm so glad I got to go there. Like that was some of the most beautiful scenery I've ever seen. I would love to go back. And then you, you just don't remember all of those little moments where you felt so frustrated, which I think is like part of being human. You just, mm -hmm. you just try to remember like all of the good things and like why you did, like why you put on this huge 35 pound backpack every time you go out. And I don't know, it's kind of nice to look back and just be like, oh yeah, I remember. Like I'm just a person. <laughs> And maybe, okay, so after I said the thing about um, the need to record how terrible having diarrhea on the side of the road was, I felt slightly silly for a moment. And then the more I thought about it, I thought, no, that is important because um, just like you were saying, understanding the times when you didn't want to put on your backpack or you didn't uh, feel awesome all the time, it just makes it that much more special that what you were able to accomplish. Yeah. Yeah. And like kudos to the people who can be super vulnerable and like write these long paragraphs <laughs> of their trips on Instagram. Like I, I don't do it. I can't, it doesn't sit well with me. So I don't, but like kudos to people who can actually keep a journal on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Good for you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but sometimes, you know, when you're scrolling through and you're just looking at all these pictures and you're like, Oh, these people have the most awesome lives. These are so cool. And I think it like almost it's hard to remember that like I've taken cool trips too, <laughs> just because I felt miserable in them doesn't mean they were any less awesome than like whatever that person is doing. <laughs> it's just not the full story. It's not. And I don't think it ever could be unless you were one to post like every single day with a picture and like exactly what happened. And I think at least for me, like the, the journaling is a way to bring back just exactly how I felt in that moment and just make it a little bit more almost personable, just like a little bit more real um, as opposed to just looking at the pictures and being like, oh yeah, that was beautiful, which I love doing too, but I don't know, like just reminding myself that, yeah, it was a great trip, but it was also hard. And that's okay, you know? <laughs> yeah, I like, um, yeah, I like having pictures and that's another thing that other people mentioned um, that a picture is worth a thousand words. And in some ways, I can agree. I like looking through the pictures and even if you're not sharing them with other people, even if it's just for you. But at the same time, I love having, there's things that, you know, I don't have pictures of um, that I have written about or it's a companion to uh, those pictures, just a little bit extra detail. So I like, I like the idea of having both, I guess is what I'm saying. I, I agree. I agree. When I was a kid, everybody was really into scrapbooking for a while. Mm -hmm. And um, my boyfriend's grandma traveled a lot and she made scrapbooks and they are, um, they're awesome. Like it's super cool to look back at her scrapbooks and see her pictures. And we actually lived in Alaska last summer. And so we looked at her Alaska scrapbook and we had been to a lot of the same places, which is super cool. Wow. 
but I, like, in this day and age, I'm not going to print out 85 pictures. Mm-hmm. I'm like, put mm-hmm. journal with my writing. And so it's also just like a much lower maintenance way for me to be able to keep track of kind of what I did. And um, if I ever lose my memory, which I work in a memory care unit, like half my work week, and then I work in an assisted living side too. They forget everything. Or they just have like snippets of what of what their lives used to look like. And so if I get to that point where all I have is snippets, like I would love to have somebody just like read my journal back to me. Or not because there's only so much they remember when it, with a picture. They know that it's them and they know that like that it's their family or whatever. But at least with the residents I've worked with, it's if I end up in that situation, it would be so nice to just like be able to sit there and like read a journal and be like, oh yeah, that was me. I, what you mentioned about um, going through your boyfriend's grandma's journal or a scrapbook is secretly my uh, hope for my life. I would love if my great grandchildren go to Everest (laughs) or somewhere that I had been and they look through and they are like, oh, this is what our uh, great grandma Meyer did. I just think that'd be the coolest thing ever. It would be. It would be awesome. (laughs) So not only is it for you, um, you know, if you even now, but also if you lose your memory, but also for people who weren't able to experience the things that you were able to. Or even if they do experience the same things, it's like, oh, that's changed. Like we saw some of the pictures of Seward, Alaska, which is like an hour mm-hmm. outside of where we worked and lived. And we saw some of her pictures and we were like, holy cow, look how much more wild it was. And Alaska is still super wild, but there's probably t- maybe like a 20 or 30 year difference of when we've been there. And it's just super cool mm-hmm. to see exactly how much it's changed. Um, not cool. It actually makes me a little bit sad, but. <laughs> but it's cool that you have the ability to see that. Yes. <laughs> so are there other, um, what I've been asking everyone, especially because the focus of the podcast is on budget travel. Do you have any budget travel tips? Um, I go in the off season and like our Thailand trip, I saved 50 bucks a paycheck for a year, um, before we bought our plane tickets. And then I had about two grand to spend while we were there. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm a very like logistical person. So I like, I ran the numbers. I knew how much I needed, divided it by how many paychecks I was going to see before that trip. And I saved that much per paycheck. Right easy way to do it. Then with Nepal, Nepal was after I got rejected from my grad schools of choice for the second year in a row. And I impulsively spent an entire paycheck on my plane ticket to Nepal. The whole paycheck did not budget at all. And then every single paycheck I got, I saved like $500 from. Um, And I was a wilderness therapy guide at the time. So like, 20 or let's see what was it like 18 days out of the month I wasn't at home so you can't spend money when you're out in the middle of the woods with a bunch of teenagers so it made it really easy to like save all my cash and then I just like hunted down the cheapest plane ticket I could find and I set an alert for when the plane ticket dropped and then I kind of like looked at the average price of plane tickets and it was about 900 bucks And then one day I pulled up the app and there was a $700 plane ticket to Nepal. So I just bought it. I was like, 
I don't even care. This is what I'm doing. Bought the plane ticket, spent a whole paycheck. And obviously that's really not a budget-friendly way to do things. I also am hugely in favor, though, of like, you know, sometimes you're not going to be able to get the cheapest ticket or whatever, but if you can make it work, go. I don't recommend always doing that, and I think you can you can go a lot more places if you do budget, but sometimes it's like, you know what, just do it. <laughs> I know our tickets to Vietnam, because I wanted to go at like a specific time because I was trying to surprise my husband, I was like, you know what, there's cheaper times to get a ticket, and I don't care. I'm just doing it anyway. There are some times where you're like, you know what? I have $300. I don't have anything pressing. I'm just going to put on a plane ticket. It's going to be Buy the ticket. Yeah. Anything else that you'd like to share, budget-related or travel-related or otherwise? I think that the best part about the budgeting for me, I had a separate account. And I just, every single paycheck I got, I just sent, like, whatever I could afford um, to that account. And then I couldn't touch it unless I wanted to make a big withdrawal. And even that big withdrawal would like to take two or three days to get back in my account. So you like really had to think about it. That was my favorite account for, um, traveling. I appreciate you being willing to chat about it and reaching out and also being a member of the flight thief community. So thanks. Thank you. I love looking at all of your posts (laughs) and then I'm like, Ooh, maybe, maybe I can afford that. But I'm trying to go back to school right now. So I'm really, really trying to not spend money. on. Yeah. <laughs> That's another expensive thing. Yeah. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for chatting. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please subscribe to the podcast and leave a rating or review. I really, really, really appreciate your support. Thank you so much for listening. Mm-hmm.